0: Today, we're continuing our new mailbag segment with some more real-life scenarios to talk through. We're going to talk about a situation where a doctor got stuck with an unexpected tail obligation, how to successfully hire self-employed providers, and key considerations when you're just starting private practice after fellowship. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. Our first question for the day says... I am a radiologist leaving my current employer to take a new opportunity, and initially I thought my tail insurance was going to be covered as part of my contract, but now that I have put my notice in, I've been advised that I'm on the hook to buy my own tail. It's nearly $70,000 for this tail insurance, which is more than I can afford at this time. What are my options going forward? Okay, so this doctor called me rather frantically a couple of weeks ago. And there are really three options for you if you find yourself in this situation. And by the way, before I jump into that, let me just also tell you, we have a previous episode on how to successfully negotiate your tail insurance with some tips on some things you should be doing before you sign your contract. So just as a precursor to answering this, I would really recommend you go back and watch that episode so that way you can make sure you avoid this issue altogether. But sometimes you never know. You've been promised your tail and then all of a sudden it's not. And so now you're on the hook to buy it. And we all know that it's really important that you do it. So there's three different ways we can accomplish um, fixing this for the doctor. So option number one, obviously, is that he can just buy the tail from the current carrier. It's not ideal. It's going to be $70,000, give or take. The other option for him would be that he could actually shop around. So if you don't want to buy tail from the carrier that's issuing it to you, you can actually just go to market. There are lots of different companies that offer what's called standalone tail coverage. And this just means they weren't the insurance company that covered you before, but they're willing to sell you just a tail policy. And usually you can find a much more competitive rate if you go to market. So that's option number one. Option number two for this doctor is because he's going to a new employer and he's on a claims made policy, it's possible that he could simply just continue his coverage with the new employer and not buy the tail insurance right now. So let's say his retroactive date covers him back to like July of 2020. If he were to move to this new employer and they were willing to pick up his prior acts for him, he could simply carry that retro date forward and then the new um, employer would continue that coverage for him going forward. So this just defers the need for tail insurance because he can carry that retro coverage forward into a new policy. Now, sometimes new employers don't like to do this. They like to have a clean break from your old job so that you can start with them fresh. But it's worth asking because that's a huge um, burden, a $70,000 tail that you could potentially avoid if they would be willing to do that for you. The third option for you is you can continue your malpractice insurance just on your own. So if the group is not willing to pick up your prior acts and then add you to their policy what you could do is you could just simply continue your malpractice insurance as an individual. So you're not going to be joining your new employer's malpractice policy. Basically, you're just going to carry your own malpractice insurance on your own. Now, again, you'd have to talk to them to make sure they'd be comfortable with you doing this. But carrying your own individual coverage is another way for you to defer that tail insurance, because you're going to continue with that retroactive coverage on your own. And then essentially, you'll be paying for your own premiums, you'll be managing your own policy. um, So that's a third option to consider. So we've got buy it from the current carrier or shop around. We've got ask the new employer if they can pick up your prior acts. And the third option is to just carry your own individual policy going forward, um, not taking the group's coverage. So those are really your best three options in this specific situation. Now, I will tell you how this was resolved was we were actually able to find him a much more effective or cost-effective tail. I think he found a tail for $38,000, which is still expensive, but it's a whole lot better than $70,000. So that's actually how this one was resolved. But those are your three options if you find yourself stuck with a really expensive tail. Okay, question number two today in the mailbag says... I am an administrator for an anesthesia group, and we are hiring two new anesthesiologists on a contract basis. Each of these providers has their own individual LLC. What is the best way to cover them along with their entities? Okay, so... If you are hiring independent contractors to join your practice, you can cover them one of two ways. You can either add them to your existing malpractice insurance, essentially covering covering them just like you would an employee, or you can have them manage their own malpractice insurance outside of the group. Now, obviously, if you add them to your group, then they're going to get probably a little bit better rate because they're going to get your group discount on their premium versus if you ask them to just manage their own separate malpractice insurance, they're not going to get the benefit of that group discount that they would get if they were with the rest of your providers. So once you've kind of figured out if you want them in your group or if you want them to manage their own separate policy... The second thing you'll have to figure out then is how to handle this LLC or entity coverage for each of them. So depending on the state where they practice or where you're located, the rules are slightly different. 90% of the time... LLCs can simply be added to an individual doctor's policy at no additional cost. And essentially, you can share your policy limits with your LLC. So let's say the doctor's name was Dr. John Smith and his LLC was John Smith, MD, LLC. Well, John Smith's individual policy can simply just get an endorsement added onto it that shares coverage with the LLC. And there's not any additional premium to do that. But what it does do is it shares the policy limits between those two insureds. So if there was ever a claim and it named the doctor and the LLC, you would have the one policy limit to cover both named insureds. So again, doesn't cost you anything more to do it that way, but it is a little more limited because you're sharing coverage. The second way you can do it is to write the LLC its own separate policy. Now in some states like Indiana where I'm located, you have to do this anyways because the state of Indiana won't let you share coverage with a business entity. So you could write a policy for Dr. John Smith and then you could have a policy for John Smith MD LLC and it's a separate premium, but it also gives you a separate level of coverage. So you could do a 1 million 3 million for Dr. John Smith and a 1 million 3 million for the LLC. So you basically get double the coverage, but again, you do have to pay a separate premium for that second policy. So once you decide again, if you want them under the group or on their own, and then you decide how you wanna cover that LLC, either shared or or on a separate policy, you can kind of figure out which combination is the right fit for you. So those are the variables that you'll need to be looking at and obviously that conversation will have to occur with the provider so that you can decide what's gonna be the best solution for both of you going forward. Okay, we are on our last question for the day. And it says, I'm just finishing up my plastic surgery fellowship and I will be opening up my practice in the future. What is the most cost-effective way for me to set up an initial policy without compromising quality coverage? Okay, so we've been getting a lot of calls lately from um, folks who are just finishing up residency and fellowship, which is really exciting. So lots of new providers getting into healthcare. So if you're just finishing up your training, whether it's a residency or a fellowship program, there are a few things you need to be thinking about in the future. Number one, you need to be thinking about how long it's going to be before you actually start seeing your first patient. It could be that it's six months from now, 12 months from now, 18 months from now. So you really need to be thinking ahead in terms of how far away that is. When you go to apply for your malpractice insurance, you'll basically need to get that date kind of locked in because that will be your your kind of gauge of how soon you can start working on applications and getting all of your quotes. Most malpractice insurance carriers will not approve an application any sooner than 90 days before you're going to see your first patient. So, you can fill out an application and go ahead and get some quote options, but carriers cannot lock in the policy for you until you're within that 90-day window. So, work with an agent or a broker to figure out when the timing is right to start that application process so that you can get some initial numbers to take a look at, but then remember you won't be able to lock in a policy until you're you're closer to your actual start date of practice. So that's number one. The second thing, and we've talked about this before, is as a new to practice provider, you will be getting a pretty substantial discount on your first year premium. So make sure that you're looking at options for both claims made and occurrence coverage and know that you're gonna get a nice discount, probably 50 to 75% off your rate for your first year in practice. The third thing I would recommend is to also consider what your practice is gonna look like in the future. So is it just gonna be you? Are you gonna have a medical assistant or an RN? Are you gonna hire another doctor or potentially an extender like a nurse practitioner or a PA? So kind of get an idea of what the future might look like for you, and that will also help you with your conversations with your agent on what kinds of coverage to set up for you day one. So if you're just going to be a solo provider on your own, you can just get your own individual policy, and then you'll probably just want to share your policy limits with your business entity day one. But as that as the practice grows, as you begin to hire more providers and more extenders, then you might need to pivot and carve the LLC or the entity out separately and then make sure that everybody in the practice is covered appropriately. So lots of things to think about, but it's a really exciting time. So just keep those three things in mind. So your time frame, um, make sure you're comparing both claims made and occurrence options because you are going to get that nice discount. And then the third thing is just to think about your structure. So what kind of providers, how many, uh, what kind of a business entity are you going to have? And that will really help guide your conversation with your agent. If you have any questions on these topics, or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at Aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S-Malpractice.com. And please don't forget to give us a like and leave a review. Your feedback and support helps us to reach more people. And we're so grateful for your clicks and your kind words. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.